Uh, it's difficult these days, I suppose, to turn on an Irish radio or television without tuning into a station that has some discussion on the energy crisis or the or inflation or how people are going to manage in this so-called crisis. So I suppose these affect all of us, in, but in particular, um, families, families on average or low incomes are particularly affected. And with us this morning, we have our own uh, family therapist, Eleanor Skelly, to come in and chat to us about it. So Eleanor, what are your thoughts about what's happening at the moment? Um, good morning. Good Thank morning. you very much for having me. Um, I suppose the last time I was on the show with you, we were speaking about Ukraine. That's right. Um, and it seems that we're we're moving from kind of one crisis to another, preceded before that by COVID. I suppose in terms of, uh, and just to clarify, uh, I'm not a family therapist. So oh, I just sorry. I work as a counselor and psychotherapist. Um, My apologies. Sorry. Uh, so, I, I think with with the backdrop of of basically you know, back-to-back crisis, um, individuals, families are experiencing a huge amount of anxiety. Um, I know in, in my own practice, the uncertainty of what's happening and, and the general, I suppose to use the word, maybe disturbance in kind of the status quo and people's sense of safety and security and what's happening um, is definitely informing uh, the presentations that I would deal with on a day-to-day basis. Right. And, and you've spoken, Geraldine, about just, you know, in terms of the news. Um, and, and again, we, we live in an age where social media and the news, so we're bombarded by the prevailing, um, whether it's the cultural pieces or, you know, the general news um, that's happening. So there is a kind of a pervasive... Um, anxiety in in the atmosphere Um, and that obviously is mirrored in what's happening on the ground but there's no respite from it and I suppose again we think about you know COVID I think the mantra at the time is we're all in this together Um, the current crisis in terms of the cost of living is going to affect people differently and I think that's going to be the huge challenge. So COVID was like the existential piece where uh, basically, it, you know what I mean, it was kind of an equal opportunities piece. Anybody could, could catch COVID. Um, I think the real challenge in terms of the cost of living is that we're going to see different cohorts affected differently. Um, and that brings a huge challenge because it brings a collective challenge in terms of how we meet it and then individually um, in terms of the particular needs of individuals. Um, I was thinking before I came in, um, you know, the work in the therapy room is very, it, it, it's about meeting people where they're at. Um, and making no assumptions about that. And obviously, you know, that that comes with a challenge. Um, But when you listen to the news or you're you're tuning into the collective thing, there's there's a kind of a piece about everybody knows what to do with the problem and everybody has an opinion um, on, on what's required. And, you know, we're back to kind of the expert 
mode. Yeah. And I was thinking from my own personal experience, um, I think way, way back when uh, I think it was, I don't know, was it called the Lone Parents Allowance? Um, and I, I know there's nothing humorous about it, but on one level, there was a farcical nature to it. I remember being handed butter vouchers and, you know, I, I couldn't get my head around the fact that I was being handed vouchers for butter. And I remember reading up about it and, you know, it was around the butter mountains in, yes, in Europe. Right. <laughs> and, and it kind of felt on, on, on some level, you know, that I had a little drumlin of butter, you know what I mean, that was making a big difference to, the, to, your life. to, to my life and, and helping with this mountain. But I suppose on a serious note, I didn't need butter. You know, I remember at the time really feeling I needed other things. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's really important is that we, you know, that we, we tune in and listen to people in terms of what they actually need. And they'll tell us what, what, what they need rather than, you know, the, the kind of the expert voice or the do-goodery of, you know, we'll, we'll solve the problem kind of for you. So I think that part, um, I suppose, from kind of the therapy and counselling point is, is always a very kind of privileged position um, in, in our line of work where we are really listening to the concerns and, and issues of the person that's sitting in front of us or, you know, the young person. Uh, I suppose, Eleanor, we're all aware that things are going to get worse, but nobody knows exactly what's going to get worse or what exactly is facing everybody. We, we can feel that the prices of food are going up and we, we're being told the energy prices are going up. But it's all out there in the future, really. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We're not actually yet fully living with it, are we? No, and again, I mean, none of us probably around the table know exactly where it's going to go. No. And I think that, again, you know, that's the most important starting point. So, um, again, I think it's to work with what's controllable in the present moment. Um, of course, we acknowledge that with uncertainty, with an unpredictable future, um, which you know, the cost of living is going to do, but which many people face in their own particular circumstances anyway, mm -hmm. the unpredictability of, of illness, etc. So I think it's it's to work with the same principle as in what can you control now? And when, when you're dealing with anxiety um, and that fearful, fretting piece, you're looking to to get in under that, to, to help the person deal with what exactly are the variables that they control in the moment and that isn't to minimize do you know what I mean the fact that something may be worse do you know what I mean in two months time mm -hmm. or in three months time but what we find is when people get overwhelmed their capacity to deal with anything is greatly diminished so you're dealing with the overwhelm in the moment so that you hope that you know, in, in a month's time or two months time that they have connected with some of their own coping skills to manage their way through it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I would, you know, I suppose speak this morning, I would, you know, hold out some concern, um, you know, around young people in, in terms of, you know, we have like a generation that have gone through COVID, 
the Ukraine war, you know, their kind of first experience of sort of war in Europe um, and now facing into the uncertainty, even though they might particularly be holding the burden if they're younger children, it might be their parents, but they'll be very much, do you know what I mean, affected by that. Um, and our, our youth obviously f- facing into the, you know, in terms of teenagers facing into the unpredictability of the life that they may have planned, mm. you know, and again, I know it's not the bread and butter pieces, you know, in terms of, you know, I, I listened this morning where people are saying people will be making choices between, you know, heating and eating. Um, but we also need to be conscious that when you affect dreams or ambitions, aspirations, aspirations mm-hmm. of people, you also can potentially damage them mm-hmm. as human beings. And, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, as I said, we, we might not have the luxury to kind of sit back and think about those things, but, but there, are certainly, um, there are certainly issues that I would look at with clients, you know, mm-hmm. in the therapy room around just the kind of the psychological damage and, and just trying to help to buffer that. Mm-hmm. Can Just on that point there, that's really, I suppose, young people, their dreams, you know, thinking of how they may, mm-hmm. may be impacted by this. But what are your views, Eleanor, on, like, in the old days when there was, you know, energy crisis before, and maybe some of us have been through it a few times, you know, certainly in the 70s and 40s, Families were constantly saying things. I know it certainly went on in our house. Have you turned the immersion teacher off? What's, you know, we're starting an economy drive this week. There'll be no more biscuits. Like, I'm being flippant. But I, I'm asking you seriously, do you think that parents should get the, uh, their own families on board, their own children on board, even, as, even however young they are, to explain without being terribly anxiety-inducing, but, but to explain to them that there are choices that may have to be made within their own family. I'm thinking in preparation for Christmas, of course. And mm-hmm. Do you think that they should approach the family, or just as adults, they should manage it all themselves? Um, I, think, I think the inclusion, because again, we've moved past the part of where we leave children out of mm. the collective. We, we had spent many years kind of keeping the way from death you know, an illness, and we know now that, that that exclusion, you know, had an impact on them. So I suppose, the, you know, the basic principle kind of for parents is if, if you can have the discussion and that that discussion is around kind of choices, it isn't being done from a, an angry or fretful or anxiety-filled place, but a place of choices and, and give children the context in which this is happening. Do you know what I mean? The broader context. So again, they don't just feel that it's their family, but rather that there's a loads of families having similar discussions. Because I think, again, we don't want to, we don't want to isolate people um, in their own experience of this current crisis. We don't want to go back to kind of the shame inducing pieces of, you know, people having to pretend everything was okay. So I think it can be really helpful, um, but but to give it in a context of that this is kind of facing 
you know, the whole country. In the um, way you would have climate change exactly, or taking yeah. some responsibility yeah. and making some choices. Yes. And, and then equally, then there's the piece, there's the cautionary piece for parents, which is that, you know, if if the emotional burden of, of the parents is quite high, then they have a responsibility to hold that piece back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so there is a protective piece, but also a collaborative piece with the entire family, because, again, for everybody's mental health, you know, th- that kind of sense of cooperation and collaboration within the family um, can be can be quite sustaining rather than it being a secretive piece. Like historically, it might have been the husband or, you know what I mean? holding it back from everybody. So um, I think, you know, to trust parents to kind of understand the parts that are, you know, age appropriate. But I do think and and children and young people are not going to be isolated from the narrative anyway. Do you know what I mean? In terms of the collective narration of the cost of living, they know what's happening. So I would say you know, sooner rather than later, begin to involve them in the conversation. And even if it doesn't affect you right now, you know, currently there there may not be that economic impact right now, but you may be preparing them for something that may occur for your family in six months time. And therefore the shock of it or the trauma is greatly reduced. Mm -hmm. So be realistic with expectations, perhaps. I mean, again, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of things like family holidays and things, which may very well be impacted next year. Mm And that, but that it's gradual and gentle. You 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 get the buy-in from them, but you don't go into the minute detail of the financial problems that might be facing a family or whatever. Would yeah, that yeah. be right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But no matter what we say, there are going to be families yeah. who are going to be in dire straits. Mm-hmm. So what do you say to those families? In terms of how are they going to cope? Where is money going to come from? How are they going to eat? How are they going to heat themselves? How are they going to clothe their kids? How are they going to manage illness? Like, it's massive for some families, Absolutely. I think. And like, I don't know, all the advice in the world isn't going to isn't going to cure that. So, I mean, I think we have to bring in all the agencies and have to have them there to help. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're right, you know, no words, you know, or, or listening can be a consolation if you're absolutely in dire straits. Uh, I remember when when I was studying way back, again, doing psychology, there was um, a psychologist, Maslow. Now he's gone out of fashion, but we had this lovely pyramid. Yes, similar to the food pyramid. Um, But the basic premise that he had put forward at the time, um, and, and there's a great kind of simplicity to it, is that if you cannot tend as a human being to basic needs like food and shelter and heating, then all the other needs above it, which included security or belonging or self-esteem, couldn't be tended to. Now, I know it's a little bit more complex than that, but I think for right now, we have to remember that even as we bring, you know, agencies and help, and and I suppose it's not that I'm anti-expert, but it has to be collaborative. You know, if if people are in the dire, you know, situation of having no heating or, or no food, then, you know, 
counselling or therapy around emotional support or mental health stuff cannot, we can't access, the people cannot access, you know, even that part of their yeah. psychological being until we, we provide the kind of security and safety of food, yeah. you know, shelter, heating. Yeah. Um, so, so it's important that we would be really conscious of that as the multiple agencies come in. And also, perhaps as, you know, I know I'm not here to speak politically, but in terms of assistance, we should always look for assistance that's empowering, that's, you know, that, that brings an agency to the individual, even if they're one in crisis, rather than it being, as I said at the beginning, rather than it being something where I know best, you know yes. what I mean? I know what you need. No, we'll, we'll find out what this person needs. Mm -hmm. um, and that part is, is crucial. And the other part, you know, in terms of, we all know the World Health Organization, you know, this has been studied, you know, over and over and over again recessions, inflation, affect mental health. Yes. Full stop. That, mm -hmm. that is the research. It's, it's categorical. Um, you know, increase in anxiety, depression, you know, alcohol, substance use, and even suicide. So when we think about the general health of our, our people in the country, we can't have health. We cannot have a healthy society without good mental health. So mm -hmm. the the agencies that we bring to bear, do you know what I mean, in this current crisis need to be conscious of that. Mm -hmm. They need to be conscious of of the people, need to be conscious of what they need and the fact that this may be something that we're in for the long haul, mm -hmm. you know, really the long haul. Yeah. And I agree with you that experts, you know, uh, they don't they don't really solve the, the problem. But I think the more discussion that is out there mm -hmm. and the more open we are about people suffering, that they can come forward and say, look, I need help mm -hmm. and make it easier for them to come forward and say, I need help. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. I think you've seen this particularly where people have be have begun in the last few years. <laughs> to use to have to use food banks yes and how that's become much more mainstream mm. you know and some some of it's about the bigger context isn't it of you know it being the uh, uh, an agency to help but okay maybe they just pick out what food you can get but i i know we're going to interview the vincent de paul later and they very much work with people where they're at what yeah. their needs are mm -hmm. i think it's a really important point that that people become empowered by going to an agency you know yeah yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think the more talk that's about people needs, people's mm -hmm. needs, I mm -hmm. think, I, I think that's that's very important and to make it commonplace that people can come and say, I need and without feeling embarrassed or, you know, I, I think in the past that was the case, I think. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. the case. Well, so, I, Eleanor, I don't know, we could talk forever about it, really, couldn't we? And uh, without without having solutions. But I think your insight into uh, telling people that, you know, you have to look after your mental health as well. And uh, that's very important. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I think we need to do a review of this coming up to Christmas. You know, yeah. I think this is something we're going to want to do on an ongoing basis and see yeah. but like what's come up for you, what's come up in therapy, what's what's coming up for people, you know, yeah. that, 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 that you may be able to advise. 
please uh, help us with, you know. Yeah. So was ever a pure pleasure. Thank you, Eleanor. Thank you very much, Eleanor. Thank uh, you. Thank you.